Skitter. Skitter. Skitter pal meow meow. Welcome to the plug with Bushy, Sand in the Mountain Man. Welcome to the plug with Bushy, Sand in the Mountain Man.
welcome to the plug with bushy sin and the mountain man yes another episode i don't even know what number it is but this is this is awesome because two weeks in a row our guests have showed up and that's that's a strange thing that's a rarity for the plug but yes we have a special guest we have the mountain man Sin is recently back from Puerto Rico. We haven't contacted him yet to come back here. I'm hoping to get him on next week. We'll see what happens. But, Mountain Man, how you doing? Skitter pal meow meow cannot complain, brother. What about you? I am doing well. Can you believe we have our guest on? We got him. I'm actually sitting over here shaking. Last week I, I, I fangirled out to a point. But now this week, uh, having another guest on two weeks in a row, so I've almost got a heart on. What the hell? It's actually seeming like the stars are aligning and it's coming true. I know it. And we don't have to ramble. Now this Exactly. Week, Thank God. I got, you know how hard it is to fly by the seat of your pants? Of course you do. You do it with me like every week. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we have the great John Lamoureux of the Hustle Podcast. John, how are you, sir? Hi, fellas. I got to say, you two are a trip. I, 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 to you, you two talk to each other. It's an experience. Nice, oh, nice. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> tonight. And, and the funny thing is, we actually got oh, together man. through the uh, PlayStation Network playing video games. Oh, and, goodness. And that's what we did, is we just kind of busted each other's balls and became friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, and, and now we're doing this. And this wasn't even my idea. This was him and Sin's idea. So, here we are. Now, um, I approached you a few weeks ago. Um mm-hmm asking you to come on and i'm so gracious that you obliged us we've oh never... wait 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 wait! i about forgot hold on let me get his waiters because he's down here in pod scum hold on to that minute oh yeah yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> he he's slumming with the lowest of the low but we're happy to have him uh, you did this great panel at the nashville rock and pod expo the songwriters panel they had one of my heroes um gunner nelson on uh, panel went great. I got to meet and greet with Gunner. I thought you did a phenomenal job, although you looked like you were almost nervous up there, which I can understand. I have a fear of public speaking, which is hilarious when we do it a radio show on a podcast. <laughs> but I don't have to see anybody. Um, I ended up chasing Gunner outside. Uh, and when I say chase, I don't mean stalker fangirl chase. I just mean there were oh, things shit. I wanted to say that I didn't get to say. <laughs> so I just... I said, screw it, man. I went out there and talked to him and his wife. And um, there's a reason I'm bringing this up. Um, I took that time. I took that plunge and interrupted him as he was trying to leave in that sexy Corvette. And he obliged and talked to me for another 10 or 15 minutes, gave me his personal email address. And then, you know, I let him go. Now, this gentleman comes outside shortly thereafter. And I was drunk, but I was not so drunk that I can't remember this. All right. For the record, for the record, everybody listen to this. Uh, Every time Bushy says I was drunk, you have to take a shot. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Don't don't play that game. (laughs) But this gentleman walks up to me. Has a beard, small beard, but I had no beard, so I had to respect the beard. Of course, I started talking. I had to let him know what I thought of his panel. I thought he'd done a great job. And then I just kind of name-dropped and said, yeah, he gave me his personal email address. And 
This dude says, dude, can I have it? Because I really want to talk to him. So I was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. And I gave him this address that he gave to me. This dude goes out and he tries to get Gunner. Now, Gunner was going to do it, but no, he got Matthew instead. <laughs> and then Sorry, no, dude. no mention, no <laughs> mention of Bushy hooking him up. <laughs> I thought about that. I, the, I, uh, well, I didn't want to interrupt the flow of my really stellar conversation with Matthew Nelson by, you know, breaking it down. So there's this guy that I didn't know, and he's a little weird, and I met him at the panel. His name a little Nate, weird. Look, he was I think drunk. he goes, right, I think he goes by Bushy, and he's the one who gave me the, I didn't want to break it all down and kind of stall the momentum, so I just went with it. Look, and you know what? I'm going to let it slide, and I'm going to tell okay. you why. Okay. Because... Matthew says she had a parade of drugs and dick. Yeah. <laughs> Her life, Bobby Brown, his old girlfriend who went on to marry, I think, Janie Lane and get with pretty much every guy in the hard rock world of, at that time. Absolutely. He said, yes, her life was a blur of drugs and dick. What a and that's great probably, line. Yeah, that's the best pull quote I think we've had in the history of the hustle. Doesn't get any better than that. No, that was brilliant. And Mountain Man, um, if you're not familiar with Bobby Brown, that's that smoking hot blood and the shorty shorts and the tied up uh, flannel shirt with the big breasts in the video for Cherry Pie. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, well, now, wait just a damn minute. You just asked a redneck <laughs> if he, whether he, or not he knew who the lady was in the song Cherry Pie. Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought you might have thought it was that dude from New Edition that married Whitney Houston. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm not that fucking dumb nor stupid, asswipe. But anyway, one, one thing I want to point out that you just quoted, Nate, it's a great life to be drunk and have dick that much. Dude, are you sure you ain't gay? No, that's not what I said. I said it's a great uh, line. L-I-N-E. Sure ass if you go back and listen to this, and it is not what you said. I swear to God, that's what you just quoted. Oh, you pucker up, buddy, because it was great line. John knew what I was talking about because he struck gold when he pulled that out of Matt Gunner or Matt oh, Nelson. Oh yes, he struck, he struck gold for sure. But I swear to God, you said that is a that had to be a great lie, motherfucker. I swear, sometimes you got gay. Hey, everybody's people. How how hard was it, uh, John, uh, to go through that process and get Matthew? I know you were going after Gunner, but you got Matthew, and right. I call that a. Um, a hat trick for lack of a third person because you already got a great interview out of Gunner and you pulled an equally great interview out of Matthew. How hard was that process? Well, it wasn't, I, I got really lucky and I didn't know this ahead of time that the Nelsons are managed by Wolfson entertainment, which is the same company that manages uh, Loverboy and Hall and Oates. Oh, wow. And I, and I already have a relationship a little bit with those guys. I mean, I'm on their list, I think, because I've had Mike Reno of Loverboy on my show. Nice. And I've been trying for years to get um, either Hall or Oates on the show as well. And so every few months I check in like, hey, what about now? And they always tell me I'm on the list. So anyway, when it came to, when Nelson forwarded me to his people, his people already knew who I was. Uh. And so they were kind enough to let it happen. I, I don't know if it would have otherwise. No offense to you giving me the 
email address and all that. I'm very grateful for that. Oh, no, no. But, I just had to bust your balls because that's what we of do. Of course. Of course. I deserved it. So, uh, but yeah, it helped. And one of these days, I'm really, the, the holy grail for me is Daryl. And uh, they, every time I ask for Daryl, they say, well, what about John? And John is sort of, I like John, but he would be the consolation prize. You know what I mean? Oh, I so absolutely we'll see. do. I, hell, I yeah. like, uh, oh, what's that show Daryl Hall does? Live from Daryl's house. Yes. The one when he did with Cheap Trick is one of my favorite good one. episodes. One yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. That's, that's awesome you're able to get these kinds of guys because we get Ralph Fiera and, you know, John Lermo, so. <laughs> Lamoreau, I'm sorry. I, I can't mess your name up. You're you're nice enough to come on here. Yeah, that's okay. Everyone gets it messed up. But no, I, also I appreciate you to, being here. I really do. Sure. I've also been trying, I, I don't, this is a little less cool, but it's kind of unique or interesting to me. Their saxophone player is named Charlie DeChant, and I, I, I want to talk to him because I want to, you don't hear saxophone or even horns in songs anymore like you did back in the 80s, even the 70s. Right. And I want to talk to somebody who's, I mean, he's written some of the saxophone riffs that we all grew up on, and I want to talk to him about, you know, where did it go and how does it feel to be so iconic for the sax? So hopefully I can get one or all of three of those guys on the show at some point. We'll see. Uh, yeah, well, uh, any of them would be awesome. Um, yeah. But, dude, yeah, <clears throat> Sax and Daryl Hall, that, that would be epic. <laughs> I feel, you know what, you say that, you're being sarcastic, I can tell, because. Absolutely not, because I'm a huge Hall okay. Oats fan. Okay, good, me too. Because, again, I should establish for your listeners, I, I like hard rock and heavy metal, but I am not the expert that you guys are. And, frankly, I feel like there's already a lot of really great, podcast devoted to that genre that i don't seek it out quite as much for my show because i just figure there's other people who have done it better than me so i kind of tend to focus on the poppier side you know and that's one of the things i like because when uh when, when the mountain man myself and sin sat down to discuss this show and mountain man you could back me on this i made it very clear that i did not want this to be a record review show no. I don't want to do that. There's so many shows out there that do it better yeah. than we ever could. Um, yeah. I had already been doing album reviews on YouTube. You know, that's what put me on the radar okay. for uh, Ralph and Ian at Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Uh, the YouTube reviews is what got me my job at that metal station. You know, oh, killer. You know, so I'd already been doing that. Uh, if I was going to do a podcast, I actually tried a podcast. What did I have on here? Five episodes. Those first five episodes were just me. And I just mm. wasn't into it. I was doing it once a month, once every month and a half. It takes a lot of right. time to listen to an album and break it down. And then I, I don't even get into the production. I don't get into you know right. who produced and you know all these things and who the mixers were. It's too much work. What we right. do here... Um, I've always said it's kind of a male version of The View because we talk about everything. <laughs> right. And that's what makes it a lot of fun. I mean, we've we've had our pro-Trump talks. We've had some things that weren't so pro-Trump. We've talked about freaking cartoons on this show. You know, whatever strikes our <laughs> fancy uh, at that time. And that's why I say I'm so happy that you've come on. Now, when you click on The Hustle, I know you're on Podbean. Where else are you? 
Uh, I mean, I guess I'm, I, you know, Podbean distributes it out to iTunes and whatever podcatcher you use. So if you went into, if you went into iTunes and you typed in the hustle, first the song would come up, but under podcasts there would be me. And I think, you know, if you search for, like for instance, my podcatcher is called Overcast, and if I type in the hustle into the Overcast app, the hustle pops up. Pops up. Okay, good, good. Ed, I find it interesting because I'm still, and I haven't listened to all your shows, although I am digging into the back catalog, but it's branded as finances and music or music and money. Yeah, that's kind of the subtitle is music and money. Because the the point, the thing that I'm trying, okay, so this is the kind of the tagline that I tell people is I want to talk about the emotional psychological and financial impact of brief rock stardom and that's amazing now i now i say that and i that was the idea at first and i've been and that's still the idea however i've been lucky that i've been able to talk to some people who are fairly bigger names i mean i'm not talking to bono but i'm you know i've had some decent sized people on there so maybe their rock stardom isn't as brief as others but if you had one hit in 1984 how do you pay your bills the rest of your life? You right. know, so if you you went from nothing to something and then back to nothing again, how do you feel about that now? And on the way up and on the way down, who did you meet and interact with? Because some people I talk to, they're most of them are still in music somewhere, but a lot of them aren't. And so, how do you look back on your career? I mean, now you work in a cubicle, but thirty years ago you performed in front of twenty thousand people. How does that feel, you know? That's, so that's, that's kind uh, of the story I'm trying to tell. And, and that's an excellent concept. And, and, and you're explaining that here, because um, I know you have... I, I, I've looked at your numbers. Uh, you do pretty well okay. for yourself in the podcast world, so people get it. Um, people that are listening to this now might not understand what the hell we were talking about until you said that. And that's, that's, that's an amazing story. Look, if you give Rob Van Winkle... I want to know about it, okay? For you, for, for those of you out there that don't know, I'm a huge fan of Vanilla Ice. I can wrap the entire Ice Ice Baby front to back oh, without the goodness. lyrics in front of me. <laughs> well, well, I talked to him. He might be a little too big time for me. I don't know, but I should reach out to him and see. Yeah, I would love to know how you reach out to people. We could do that after we're done with this show because I actually reached out to Hank Williams Jr. Um, oh, but I got the wrong management team. I got the people that deal strictly with his website. They directed me elsewhere. So oh. I have to go over there because I'm a longtime fan of him. And that well, I'll tell you. left field for all my rock and metal fans. Sure. And that's fun to keep it interesting. I'll tell you, of all the people I reach out to, probably 65% of them I never hear back from, ever. And 25 to 30% say yes and then five to ten percent say no hardly anyone says no um but people just never reply right so that's so it's kind easier of to just the, not say anything instead of just give you the no yeah gotcha and um and i found some people are easier to get you don't go through their handlers because um, anyone who's big enough to still have like a management group or a publicist or whatever those people are the gatekeepers Whereas if you can find those, the the 
contact directly, maybe through someone else who's friends with them or Facebook. That's where most of this stuff happens for me is Facebook. I'll just send them a friend request. And by now we have some mutual friends because I know a few people in music a little bit. And that's usually what gets me in the door. Oh, outstanding, outstanding. Thanks for the tip, because I know that we're sure. going to want to go after people, so uh, yeah. not, not go well, after people in a stalker kind of fashion, but... There's a lot, Stop that. There's, uh, there's certainly people we would like to talk to, so that's interesting information. But you know what? I thought we were going to cancel this shit, but I had two people here say, no, I prepared for this. So, Mountain Man, you think it's that time? I think it's that time, too, right now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for everybody's favorite learning segment. That's right. It's the Plugs Words of the Week. All right. Yes, it's time once again for that point of the show where Mountain Man dumbs us down and I try to save it and I have no idea what Mr. Labaro is going to say. <laughs> That's right. It's time for our words of the week. And um, I like to get the kindergarten out of the way first. Um, Too bad you're going first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going first. Okay. Fair enough. My word of the week is model. M-O-T-T-L-E. And that's to cover a surface with streaks or spots of different colors or shades. Um, it's a spot or a blotch or color. Also, I learned this working in the nursing home. When somebody is at the end and starts to die, you'll start to see modeling of the skin, which is exactly mm. that. You'll start to, you can literally see death moving up the body with darkening of the skin. My word of the week is model. Not bad, not bad. Of course, that is deranged. <laughs> it's, it's insane. I, I worked for a long time. Um, I don't know if you knew it, John. I was a combat medic for seven years. I was a nurse for seven years. Uh, death is something I've dealt with a lot. <laughs> so, to me, it's not so deranged. That was educational. <laughs> okay. No, it is educational. I just, I don't know. I figured you'd <laughs> throw out some party word or I don't even know what, but model. That's very intellectual of you, mate. You can call me whichever. Bushy is, okay. uh, is, is a stage name, obviously. It's, uh, right. it's a name I got because of the beard I had. And, uh, I was actually given Ad. that name. Ad by is the operative word. Hey, <laughs> it's growing back. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't shaved in three weeks. I have more hair on my face than you have on your nuts. You just be quiet. Hey, 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 hey. Now, you'll know what's funny. You didn't actually call me out on using a, 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 a educational word just now. You haven't said a word yet. Really? That, that sentence I just said, you're actually, I'm surprised you're not flipping out and went, what? You just used that word? You're going to have to help me with the word. I don't pay attention. Oh, my God. Really? You didn't just catch what I said? Bitch, I said it three times. I'm, what's the word? I missed it. See? <laughs> Look, okay, there we go. Wow. Uh, you said uh, the, the beard that I used to have. I said, yeah, used to. That's the obvious word. Well, you, uh, what are you, happy about obvious? 
Well, uh, normally, 90% of the time, I use a big word. You're like, what the hell is going on? Why are you using words like that? Oh, wow. This is so why... obvious is a big word. Yeah, in yeah. The, in the South, eh? This is why people that read Dr. Seuss cannot even listen to this show, because the mountain man is going to dumb us down. Got it. <laughs> Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. Oh, he gives us this weird redneck language. Most of the time, I think we're guilty of plagiarism. This week, he says we're not guilty of plagiarism. Mountain Man. I tell you every week, there's only one week I claim that I actually used a word from Jeff Foxworthy's face. Thank you very damn much. I'm still going with we did it anyway. Whatever. <laughs> What's your word of the week? Uh, Cheer. C-H-E-E-R. Cheer. I, I could think of no other way to use that word than the way it's intended. Well, there, there's two different ways you can use it. Normally, cheer, uh, sh- shout, holler, uh, celebrate, uh, cheerleading, being a cheerleader, which, as we all know, shit, John over here can talk pennies off a of nun, so we can cheer for that. Uh, <laughs> Pet- so, pennies uh, off a of nun. <laughs> Thank you. I, I feel so complimented. <laughs> every, every once in a while, this is what I love about this guy. Every once in a while, this son of a gun pulls something out that I, can I tell. did not expect. Jeez. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Good job. Cheer. Give me cheer. All right. Cheer used by rednecks, basically, in a sentence that is not meant in the literal word cheer. Well, brother, since you walked in the door, won't you come on in, pull you up a chair, and sit down with us? Let's have a conversation. Oh, my word. Here we go. Here we go. Every week, I, I pray this segment will die, and yet here we are. <laughs> all right, John, since, since, since you're involved in all this stupidity. Yeah. yeah. How, how did I get here? I, uh, I, you, you messed up and said yes. I, I did. <laughs> You're right. It's my own fault. Um, okay, my word. I've been thinking about this. Um, I, I'm going a somewhat slightly serious here for a minute. So I was listening to the new uh, Mark Marin podcast the other day, and he was talking at the very. I don't normally listen to the beginning section. If anyone out there listens to Marin and knows what I'm talking about. But he was saying in there, it was right after Tom Petty had died in the Las Vegas massacre and everything, and he was saying there's no more good news. There's just no good news anymore. And I've been thinking about that, and I feel that in a lot of ways. And these days it's uh, so tempting and easy to just constantly be frustrated and angry and confused and annoyed with people who don't feel like you do or believe what you do or think like you do and my word is calm c-a-l-m because i need to remind myself to stay calm and to let people be who they are no matter how we all whether we agree or not and hopefully be a force for good and so that was my word. Sorry if that brought that brought everyone. No, down. no, not no. at all. That was that was great. I love the context, and that's that's what word of the week should be. Not pull up a cheer, Jesus. 
many how many snowflakes bitch every single time I do this? Oh, I think they're laughing at us. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, they can laugh, whatever. Fuss, bitch, grab. Yeah. They're saying, if see, they you're proving the point. I'm proving <laughs> the point of, yeah, that's the way we call, but still at the same time, just like the, during the Drunken Ramblings episode, you went, holy shit, Mountain Man's actually smart. Because I was obviously hammered. Oh, oh no. goodness. you went back and listened to it on after and said I thought you got lucky. Bullshit. Oh lordy. So that's that's our horrible words of the week. I think John stole that one. Good job. Um Yeah, and, and in, in the light of this, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you're talking over me, Dub what? I said especially with John being able to have the uh uh gumption to be able to talk the panties off a nun. Oh, hey, I'm proud of that. I, I didn't even know pennies. I had that superpower. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. That's... What have I been doing with my life that I haven't been, you know, activating that power all these years? <laughs> I, I know it. They've probably never had a Brazilian. Um, I, I don't even want to think about that. Ooh. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not go into that damn rabbit hole. <laughs> let's, not, let's not go there. <laughs> it, it almost got weird. It did. <laughs> all right, so... Uh, We've been having guests on. Um, uh, Mr. Vieira joined us last week. We pulled this great stuff out of him that was not hard rock and heavy metal. And uh, when I approached Mr. Lamoro, he he was gracious and said that, uh, yeah, he would come and do our show. And I said, okay, here's the thing. If I'm having all you guys on because our co-host was going to be gone, I'm going to give you the option to pick the topic. And John came up with a very intriguing idea because it made me have to watch shit that I haven't seen in over 20 years. <laughs> some of them, some of them, some of them I actually watch quite frequently, but a lot of them I just go back and I had to reacquaint myself with some of this stuff. John, the topic you wanted to speak on, what was it? Well, it kind of evolved. So let me let me paint you a picture. I'm sitting on my couch with my laptop watching TV. And you're begging me to come on your stupid show. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and you're like, you can even pick the topic. Please just come on our show. And so I'm like, fine. And uh, so I glance up. Did it go down like that? (laughs) It kind of went down. I I am so going to be looking at my Facebook messages. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. It didn't do that. Anyway, that's fucking comedy brilliance. This guy comes on and busts my balls. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I I look up. Okay, what am I going to pick? And as I look up on the TV on my in my house, I see the DVD case for Real Genius, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I thought, wow, what about movies of the '80s and like the songs? from those movies, you know, like all the great teenager movies and all back in the day, if I don't know if you guys would remember this, but in like the eighties and early nineties, there was the USA up all night crowd. And on weekends they would show cause eighties was the best time for these like silly nudie movies, like hard bodies and, uh, yes. Zap. Yeah. Zap spring break, hot resort. 
you know, all those kinds of movies just that were flopping sort tits of around. Yeah, they were fun and innocent, but they would have some TNA thrown in. And uh, I just thought those movies were so much fun. And so I picked I picked 80s teenager movies. And then I that you were saying you guys are younger than me. And I thought, well, maybe they can just be the formative movies of our youth. The music from those movies, whatever. It kind of evolved. But that's where I was going. Well, no, it's, it's a great idea. And I have to ask before we get too deep. Because I know Mountain Man is 12 years younger than I am. If you don't mind me asking, John, how old are you? Yeah, I'm 44. Okay, so we're the same age. I'm 42. I'll oh. be 43 here in February. So okay, we're around the same age. Uh, Mountain Man was actually worried about this episode. And that's an hilarious story in and of itself. Because he's like, dude, I grew up watching horror movies with my mom. And I'm a kid of the <laughs> 90s. And I was like... Dude, John's scared of you busting his balls, Mountain Man. I mean, <laughs> it's interesting, and I'm the one getting messed with. So that's 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 a beautiful thing, John. You're doing well here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we 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 might have a a fourth or a new third. Who the hell knows? <laughs> but no, um, I I think it's a great idea, and and I don't know how you want to start this off. You know what? I know how we'll start off. We can start off with a song. I have a list of songs here that you gave me. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have the list in front of you. But I'm looking right at it. Beautiful. Which song are we going to hear? I want to hear E.G. Daly's Mind Over Matter. Because this is a song, and again, I, I my hope is that anyone listening to this, whether you know these songs by name or not, you've probably seen some of these movies a lot growing up. Like in this case, it's summer school. And there's always a, movie mon- a, a music montage in a Navy's movie. Yes. And uh, this is the one in summer school where everyone's taking the test. And E.G. Daly, who has one of the most uh, unmistakable voices, especially of the 80s. She was Dottie on Pee-wee's Big Adventure. She oh, sang on the Breakfast Dottie. Club soundtrack. Yes. I, why is it yes. I remember Dottie? She was in Valley Girl. I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Okay. Well, you should. It's a great movie. <laughs> she was naked in Valley Girl. She's super hot. She was on the Breakfast Club soundtrack, the Better Off Dead soundtrack, and the Summer School soundtrack. And this song, Mind Over Matter, is just, it's such a great tune. So that's what I want to kick it off with. Nice, nice. And right now.
miss the 80s. <laughs> I, I miss do too! You know, and, uh, and, and yes, I did see Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I just didn't want to admit that, but I didn't realize that was Dottie. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. That's what, interesting. Now, wait a minute. Am I supposed to be ashamed that I have see- that I admitted to seeing Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Well, I don't know. He jacked off in a porthouse. I, I don't know what we're supposed to do these days, Todd. So it's a different world. Well, that <laughs> doesn't mean that movie's not killer. You don't think some of the hard rock and heavy metal jokers you've talked about have done twisted stuff oh, like that. I life? am sure. And this is the one thing I'll say about Pee-wee's okay. Big Adventure. Twisted Sister was in it. Very true. See? Wow. Absolutely. And, and I'm, actually, uh, I'm actually a huge... <laughs> God, I he's such a fucking nerd. It's so bad. But I, <laughs> I was such a fan of that movie. I didn't like Big Top Pee-wee nearly as much. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> but I did like his adventure, and I am guilty... Of watching his Saturday morning Playhouse show. Yeah, that's on Netflix. I've been showing it to my kids. I know. It's really creative. It, it's out there. Um, my daughter thought it was strange, but yeah. she's only going on 12, and maybe she's too old to get it at this age. I don't know. It's weird if I sit here and watch it alone, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, that's a great opening track at Summer School. Now, man, that's not on my list of films I would have talked about. That is that the Mark Harmon one? It sure is, yeah. Gotcha, okay. Oh, that, that was a lot of fun. It, it's funny because these are not movies I watch all the time, but there are mm. some that I do go back to frequently. And uh, Now, this is what you go back to frequently, is that right? Well, I uh, yeah, I mean, I not as I don't watch rewatch movies at, at this age like I did growing up. But you know, when I was a kid, we would get it. We you'd rent a VCR, and then eventually you got your VCR, and you'd rent movies from Blockbuster or whatever, and you'd have sleepovers, and you had certain movies that you liked. And I mean, I've seen Summer School probably twenty five times in my life. I own it on DVD. That doesn't mean I pull it out all the time but it's a it's a great movie it's a lot of fun if it's on tv i'll pop it on you know sure sure it's it's one of those not a channel flippers yeah right yeah and i agree um because for me one of those movies uh from 1985 the goonies there you go yeah i i i have a hard time finding fault with anything in this movie, from the Cindy Lauper music to the goofy, you know, hand, I think we got to say handicapped because I don't think the guy wasn't retarded, but he was dropped sixteen or seventeen times repeatedly. <laughs> so, so his face was all deformed. Yeah. You know, from that guy, what is it, sloth to to chunk and. People being mean to the fat kid due to truffle shuffle and the rich kids versus the poor kids. This was a great film. It sure was. It was I love that movie. Oh, it was nothing but fun. You know, a bunch of kids on their last adventure before their homes got torn down. I I, I, I thought it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I and I own that bitch on Blu-ray. And I'm sorry, that's a once-a-year watcher for me. Mm-hmm. And it holds up. I, I don't know. I mean, I've shown it to my kids, and they like it. I think that movie holds up. I, I think it does, too, because I, 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 I think there's something for every generation in it. 
I mean, even my daughter, I've shown it to her. She likes that film. Mountain Man, have you seen The Goonies? Really? Who hasn't seen The Goonies? I mean, seriously. Where where, where were you? I was right here. I was just taking a sip of my drink right as you asked. Uh Uh-huh. I think he had us muted again, dick. Probably. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He's begging somebody to come help him. Yeah, help, help, because I wasn't bored yet. Yeah, Goonies, great movie. I love Data. Data was actually my favorite character yeah. of that. Same. <laughs> and that, that kid, whatever happened to that kid? Because isn't that the same kid from, like, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? It is. He did those two things. He had a short-lived sitcom around the same time, which I can't even remember the name of. And that's it. And uh, I was not even aware of a sitcom. Yeah. It was. I think it lasted like one season or something. He was adopted. I don't even remember the name, but he was adopted into like an American family or something like that. Um, oh I man! Did they just redo Webster with an Asian kid? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah, something like that. Nice, nice. Well, yeah. that's that's funny. So, summer school, the Goonies. What's another for you that had? Just brilliant music. Cause I didn't even get into the music of the Goonies, but all I can remember is, you know, the Goonies soundtrack by Cyndi Lauper and then mm-hmm. uh, Good Enough song. That, yep. That's what sticks out to me because I, I also like Cyndi Lauper. I, I won't call myself a huge fan, but I right. do have She's So Unusual on vinyl sitting next to me over here. Oh, nice. You know, okay. hey, I'm not just a headbanger, man. There, there's a that's lot good. of stuff you would not... You would not believe that i actually have that's good a little bit of trivia i'll give you some trivia about that album relating to my podcast her band on that album do you know who they were her band on the she's so unusual album her band was went on to be the hooters do you remember the hooters yeah they had some hits in the 80s and we danced um what some of their other they had a few. I'm blanking on the names of their hits. Anyway, they had like three big hits back in the day. Great, great band, the Hooters. And I had their lead singer, Eric Bazilian, on the show. He was a good guy. He went on to write uh, One of Us, that Joan Osborne hit. Oh, so wow. He's, yeah, he's doing, he's doing okay. So he was telling stories about when they performed Girls Just Want to Have Fun for the first time and recognized that it was going to be a big hit and then... They went on to have the Hooters, and great, great band. If you don't know who the Hooters are, you should check them out. Yeah, I'm going to have to look them up, because I've heard the name, know nothing about them, but like I said, I yeah. have She's So Unusual, and I know the brilliance of that album for yeah. for for the time. I mean, people today right. would laugh at it if they heard it for the first time, if they're not yeah. open-minded to 80s pop music, but... Dude, Cindy Lauper was amazing. At one point, she was a, a a superstar that didn't get her due. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right, let's go with... You had asked me about movies that had great soundtracks. And my favorite movie soundtrack, I think, of all time is to the movie Some Kind of Wonderful. Nice. Um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I assume you remember it. This was one of those... One of the six uh, just... Uh, that that time period when John Hughes was kind of on fire on the teenage movies. So there was Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller, Pretty in Pink, and Some Kind of Wonderful. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa! Now you just 
mind fucked me. It, oh. for lack of a better word, I'm well versed <laughs> in um, Pretty in Pink, and the the Breakfast Club is it it's up near my favorite movie of all time. Not just my yeah. favorite '80s teen movie, but all time. Right. I'm not well versed in Sixteen Candles. Um, I don't know mm. why. Weird it's just Science as good. is a yeah, John Hughes film. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Kelly LeBrock movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they put the bras on their head and created the smoking hot babe out of a Barbie. He wrote and directed that movie. I I, that's was, what I was fixing to say. Uh, dude, yeah. I was not aware of that. What was the other one you said? Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Ferris yep. Bueller? Really? Yeah. I, I didn't. Boy, John Hughes was on fire. I did not know that those two were his films. I knew Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, and Pretty a Peak. I thought that was like his, he blew his load and left. No, no. I know, that guy could do no wrong. I mean, those six, I mean, again, I, I'm speaking for people, I guess, of my generation. Those six movies are just about the most formidable, uh, influential movies that anyone, any teenager could have grown up with at that time. Dude, the they fashion, the speak. style, oh, yeah. everything that was going on in the 80s was represented Absolutely. in those movies. Absolutely. The way I could do talk, a whole John Hughes talk. episode with you me now too. knowing that he did those films. If you ever want to, let me know. I'd gladly get on and do that. Uh, I start to say, I've done a little bit of my research, and yeah, I knew that was his six movies after looking it all up. I, yeah, yeah. See, I didn't know that. I, I knew the movies I liked, and I knew the big John Hughes films were those three with Molly Ringwald. Yep. I never now, looked we, past that. That's amazing. And yeah, John, we may have to have that conversation sometime. Mountain Man, are you in disagreement with that? No, not at all. I'm I'm like you to, to a little bit, uh, Bushy. I'm not well-versed with 16 Candles, but the rest of them... I actually rewatched Ferris Bueller's Day Off and that car going out that back glass. Jesus Christ, I laughed every damn time. Oh my God, when he when he's on the keyboard making all those horrific sounds so that he could call yeah. in sick to school. You know, you got the uh, sister so trying to prove him wrong, and then Charlie Sheen. Yeah, <laughs> you here for drugs? <laughs> it was so typically Charlie Sheen, and we didn't realize that he was probably being serious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Great stuff. All right, what's that song, man? Because now I'm pumped and excited. Okay, so I my uh, as I mentioned, I think probably the least well known of those six is some kind of wonderful, even though that's one of my favorites. Eric Stoltz is in love with. He's poor, and another girl that's poor but hot is Leah Thompson. She has a rich boyfriend, so she's kind of on the other side of the tracks, even though she's technically from his side of the tracks. My his God, it's, friend, it's, Mary... it's, it's funny. I'd hate to cut you off here, but I'm listening to you describe this movie, and I'm laughing. I don't think I've ever seen this film, but as I'm listening to you tell me, I'm like, I had to have seen this film. <laughs> it's almost like the role, it's like the, the gender reversal of Pretty in Pink. It's very similar. Okay, and Eric okay. Stoltz has a girl, has a friend who's his, who's a girl, um, who's Mary Stuart Masterson, and she's a drummer. Anyway, the soundtrack to this movie is probably my favorite soundtrack of all time. And the biggest hit that came off of it was I Go Crazy by Flesh for Lulu. Oh. And um, so if you know, this is one of the songs that you might actually know. Hey, hey. I know a lot of 80s stuff, but in case the listener doesn't know it, and, you know, the True. mountain man, because all he knows is Slipknot and Sheep. Here it is, Flesh for Lulu. <laughs> Flesh for Lulu. 
like how I said sheep. You liked it, <laughs> did you? No, not at all. I keep telling you, motherfucker, that's West Virginia, bitch. Quit claiming that shit. <laughs> You're from North Carolina, and you're putting your own self down. You do realize that, right? Yeah, well, my blood's from North Carolina. I was born in Germany, so... <laughs> oh, that's that's such good stuff. And um, it's funny the impact that these kinds of films have on you growing up. Um, they do. I, it, it's ridiculous because to this day, one of these movies that I think put one of these actors on the map, the other one had a decent career, but I'm only aware of three films he did, but one of them just released a brand new movie. That's Mr. Keanu Reeves. He teamed mm. up with this guy, Alex Winter, and uh, the late, great George Carlin back in 1989, and instilled language in me that I still use to this day. To this day, I'll still say, how's a hang it, Royal Ugly Dude? <laughs> <laughs> Bill and nice. Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Now, that was obviously late 80s. You know, it, was, it sure. was right at the edge, you know, of the 90s, but was still holding on to everything that was great about the 80s. You had this brilliant mall scene. And and, and you know as well as I do, John, uh, Mountain Man wouldn't because he was too busy riding in a car seat in a jacked up Jeep, you know, through the <laughs> mountains. He wouldn't know what we're talking about here. The mall. Oh, God. <laughs> the mall wow. in the late 80s, mid-late 80s, that was the place to be. Sure if you was. wanted to meet girls in general, if you were 12, if you were 22, yeah. you went to the mall to meet girls. You did. My mom was, so what? there was a mall near my house growing up in Salt Lake City, Utah, called Cottonwood Mall, and my mom was the main office manager. And so um, there were countless days in my teenage years, especially during the summer, where me and my friends would just go to the mall and walk up and down the mall for hours. And we didn't even have any money. I, I could go up to my mom's office and borrow some, but you just did that looking for girls and going in and out of record stores and uh, the food court. And I don't know if you remember, if you had these stores... Um, they were called Keyhole, and they sold, like, T-shirts and bandanas and patches and... Uh, like, like, in the, like in the center portion of the mall? Yeah, they were... Well, yeah, and they would, they would sell, like, rock tchotchkes and swag, but it was, like, adamant stickers and uh, Judas Priest armbands and, yeah, you know, yeah. Iron Maiden T-shirts and, all, you know... Like I said, patches, bandanas. Yeah, back, back before we had Hot Topic and Spencers. Yes, yes. Posters, all that kind of stuff. Those places were the best. Oh, they and, were um, they were they were great. The the food court was always cool. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. it was always, you know, loaded with fast food joints. Totally. But, you know, it's funny cuz I go to our local mall here and th this mall sucks and I've actually got an interview at this mall cuz I'm trying to get a second job there. You know, because I, I work full-time, but I'm a single dad raising a little girl. I need more money. Right. But I, I go there, and it's like, the vibe's not the same to me than it was back then. There was so much great music 
blasting through the speakers. People were hanging out, just talking. They weren't shopping. They were talking. Yeah. You know, and they were smoking cigarettes, which is something you can't do at a mall anymore. No. Which is, which to me is insane, but that's just because of bias as a, you know, as a cigarette smoker. But I remember yeah, you're when right. you could walk through and smoke cigarettes at the mall, and you know you could you could have a hot dog, you could go get an orange Julius, and buy the latest Nike Air Jordans, play the yeah. greatest game or you know the latest version of Pac Man or Ms. Pac Man they had on the uh, yes the arcade know, the arcade yes yeah everything about that was great, and I, that's why I love that scene so much. And I know it's yeah. at the end of the film in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because the whole movie's great. You know, you got these two, for lack of a term, morons. They want to make it big in the music industry. And, you know, one of them has a half a brain that says, maybe we should learn how to play. (laughs) (laughs) And you got the other guy, well, that's why we have to have Eddie Van Halen. Well, that's why we have to have a most triumphant video. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that film. And, and And the great thing is, if you look at college campuses and things today when they do their 80s days and they're trying to address 80s, is it just me or are they not looking the part? Because I remember Bill and Ted's... Well, I, I remember living it. But I remember Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I remember The Breakfast Club. I'm sorry. That's mm-hmm. how we dress in the 80s. I remember Miami Vice. Now, is what they're doing just a more brash statement of the Miami Vice theme? I think so at this point. I mean, it's all kind of kitsch now, you know, so that it gets blown up to all people remember or think about are the, is the neon and the day glow colors and the big hair and the lace. And that was all there. But there's a there's a more subtle layer to 80s fashion, I think, that people get, that it, they forget. But that's because you know, time's gone on. They're only really stick- what's all that's sticking out is the really obvious caricature. bombastic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. I need to go back to the '80s. I, I keep saying rock stars don't look like rock stars anymore. Rock stars look like Poison and Cinderella. The rest of you are doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> oh, good one. Oh my God, Mountain Man! You have not buzzed in with a film that was influential, and I know you're not an '80s kid, so I'm curious to find out a, a, a teen movie from your generation, because John and I are obviously close in age, and we could sit there and have a girls' night and watch all these movies together. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be honest. After sitting and thinking about it, growing up, I was more versed teen movies wise, basically on more eighties than I ever was on my time period. Because, like, like you stated earlier, I grew up with my mother watching horror movies, and I still to this day, me and uh, one of my friends the other day while I was going over my notes, actually my uh, good friend that uh, that I used to work with over at Super Eight. He was telling me about some of the movies he grew up watching. Well, my personal opinion, even though it's rated R, and it's somewhat a it is based on a horror, a horror, or a son of a biscuit eater. Just so scary, man. We don't want you to hurt yourself. Yeah. (laughs) This this movie to me has always been, even though it's somewhat horrific to a point, I still consider it a teen movie, and that's the original Carrie. 
I've heard Ooh. that fact with two or three people saying that the basis and the way the movie was made, in my personal opinion, is it more of a teen movie than it is horror. It, now, if you go by the novel, no. To On the novel reading uh, of it, yeah, it's strictly horror. I don't the way know. I'm kind of um, with movie, you on this. Yeah, I mean, the way they make it. I could movie, get behind that. It, it's more teenish than anything. But that, that was my number one thing I wanted to throw out there to start with my part of the conversation on it. Now, even the new version, uh, the Rage carry with the newer version that they done of it uh, with. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I haven't seen. It. I know the original Sissy Spacek, and I've read the book. Right. Well, the newer version of it's basically based on the same thing. They made it a little more, you know. Uh, uh, but they modernized up. it. Yeah, to to a point mm-hmm. they're still basing it off of the '80s look, but they, they were in the book it said rocks were falling from the sky to destroy the house. It's actually in the Rage movie, so it's actually pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Huh. But even then, with it, I mean, I still consider that a teen movie compared to being strictly horror. Um, another one base that I have well, to say. Hold, hold for, on, hold on a second. Hold on a second, because without knowing it. You've opened up another whole dimension to this conversation because True. of all the movies I have, uh, and I look, I'll, I'll, I'll show <laughs> you, I'll, I'll tell you right now the ones that I thought I might be able to mention if there was time. I have The Breakfast Club, and I wrote next to that, obviously. Uh, um, all of us have that one. Yeah, Weird Science, Better Off Dead, Can't Buy Me Love, The Goonies, The Lost go. Boys, which of course is another horror movie. Footloose, The Karate Kid, Bill and Ted, and Stand By Me. Bringing Carrie into the mix and calling it an 80s teen movie, even though I think that was in the 70s. But I get what you're saying. Because it took place with a teenage girl, with teenage bullying. And that was kind of a mantra of those 80s films. And, I mean, come on. If we're going to be honest, if we're going to talk about, you know pop culture and how the 80s films influenced all of us, it's kind of hard to not make that transition into 80s horror films because, come on, your Nightmare on Elm Streets, your Friday the 13th, your Halloween's, they all dealt with teenagers. Yeah. Very true. Uh, Very, It was in the 70s, but that is a a teen movie. I think you're right. I'm not. I, that's not a stretch to. It, it's it's rated R. Well, well, teen movies can be rated R. It, it, it's not sure. about the rating. It's about it's about the content and what the uh, what you know who the audience was. You know, back in the day, it wasn't until Tipper Gore flipped out that we cared about these ratings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once Tipper Gore flipped out, then things got excuse me got a little more serious. But a, a, a teen movie typically has to involve that very thing teenagers right. well yeah whose perspective is the story being told from it's exactly. being told from a, from a teenager and so if it is then other teenagers are going to relate even if it is a horror movie and not everyone's being covered in pig blood but right. the story is being told from a teenager's perspective i think that qualifies uh, yeah i i think Look, look at that. I actually thought I actually thought you two were going to argue with me on it, like my friend did, uh, because he's he's like it doesn't matter that they're teenagers. It's not a teen movie. I'm like you're full of crap. No, it's got, no, it's it deals with teen <laughs> angst, and she's depressed because of the stuff that goes on in 
high school as teenage. I, I think it makes sense. I, make I think it argument. makes perfect sense. And I and I've read every book Stephen King wrote up until roughly 1990. Well, up until the Green Mile. I read it when he released it as a serial. The Green Mile is the last thing I read by him, and I read it in all six chapters as he released it. And as, as a person that's read that book multiple times. I have a hard time arguing that point. No, it's absolutely a teen movie. Like I said, or and, and like John said, it's the 70s. But yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely a teen movie. And I, I can't <laughs> I can't find fault in that argument at all. The, the things that that girl had to deal with in her high school, that was a precursor to the bullying talk we have today. Now, I think the bullying talk has gone way too crazy, but... You look at Carrie, right. and it's like, hey, guess what? <laughs> this is what happens if the bullied fights back. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a wow. That's a that's a really that's mountain man. Thank you. <laughs> that's a good one. Not, not a problem. Uh, other movies that pretty much kind of got with me for for my generation as a teen. Uh, spoof comedies, all the American Pie series, uh, Varsity Blues, definite team fucking movies. Yep. Yeah. Uh, vars- varsity Blues, Friday One Night One of my Lights. favorites, love Varsity Blues. Uh, yeah, of course, Friday Night Lights. Hey. Uh, uh, other one for back toward your alls, the 80s era, Edward, Edward Scissorhands, and uh, Footloose. That's, Footloose. That's pretty much the, the team. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's some of my picks, but my absolute... Without a doubt, favorite is going to have to be not another team movie. The full-on comedy of making fun of every damn one of them. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wow. I, I, I hate to laugh because I thoroughly enjoyed that stupid film. <laughs> That's a perfect way to say that. Yes. <laughs> because while, while it was sitting there pissing me off, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I had to sit that through that 10 Things I Hate About You, too, because I was dating a girl that was six years younger than me at that time. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's yeah. a great one. That's a great one. But uh, Captain America, because I can't remember his actual name, Chris Evans, when he said that line in Not Another Team Movie, the face she makes when she's tugging my balls. Right. <laughs> 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 That's comedy gold. Goodness. <laughs> Yeah, wow. uh, um, um, John, I, I want to apologize. I, I told you we get foul sometimes. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I, uh, I don't, you know, I didn't commit the dialogue in that movie to memory. I'm afraid it didn't. You know, I liked it, but I didn't. It hasn't lived with me or anything. So the fact that you could pull stuff like that out of thin air—that's a oh. real talent. You know? You'd be, you, you'd be surprised the stupid shit that lives in my head. I can tell. I can tell. Oh, and Nate, Jessica threw a list right here as she is just walking by to go get her shower. If we would like any of her input at Team Movies for her. Throw it at me. She's even younger than Uh, you are. She's got Bring It On, uh, Dazzled and Confused, uh, Dirty Dancing, Stand By Me, The Princess Diaries, and She's the Man. She's got chick shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, those are teen movies, though, for, for, for that generation, dude. True. You don't think she's younger than I am. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm embarrassed to say, bring it on. That's a cheerleading show, right? 
that's yeah, that's a, a good one though. Movie. Yeah, it's yeah. it's actually a pretty decent. Wait, wait, funny John, movie. you like that too? Oh yeah. Okay, I'm in the minority here. Great. That's that's what Cursed to Dust, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. My dad loves those films, <laughs> and I bust his balls all the time. But yeah. I, 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 okay, I'll, 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 I'll say yeah, teen movie, but ah, they sound like chick flicks to me. <laughs> well, they are. I'm, I'm not condoning all of them, but I can get down with Bring It On. That's a great right. movie. Uh, I, I was there with Stand By Me. <laughs> That's a classic. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've uh, seen this one with the two new actors, but in, for the like 2000s era, that I think is funny as shit with Ice Cube uh, and these two other actors. I can't remember their names. One of them was in Magic Mike, and the other one was in Superbad. Uh, 21 and 22 Jump Street. Yeah, those are good. Oh. I, surprisingly I, good movies. See, they that's are. funny because I hated them. Oh, really? Oh, the best part is whenever Ice Cube finds out that a uh, uh, fat kid from Superbad's porking his daughter. That's hilarious. That's the funniest <laughs> part of the movie. And him coming out of the office uh, going, Oh my God, you're fucking the boss's daughter, Jesus Christ. And just running around like a fucking jock laughing his ass. That's absolutely I, I, I remember watching 21 Jump Street, <laughs> these iconic teens, you know, and Johnny Depp and Richard Grieco, who's right here from Watertown, New York, and I've met several times. Hmm. I, uh, I remember watching that show, and to see that on film done the way it was, I was horrified. It, <laughs> I couldn't do oh. it at all. Hated it. Really? Yeah, I hated it. But, it, you know, it's the you, same uh, way I felt Richard about the Grieco Dukes of Hazzard. Your, does Richard Grieco bag your groceries? Or how do you um, how do you no, know Richard Grieco? I, I, does he I, drive the bus? Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> uh, I've okay. met him several times. Um, he he's coming to restaurants where I was uh, waiting tables. Because uh, okay. I was a waiter for a little while. Because he comes home every once in a while. I mean, we have a lot of Gricos up here in Watertown, New York. Okay. Um, okay. You know, so he comes up here to visit, just like um, uh, I hate to try to name drop, but I've met this cat so many times because I used to take care of his mother. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Strider, help me out, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Oh, I've okay. met him several times because he's from up here. He graduated from Watertown High in like 1976. Richard Grieco and uh, I don't remember what year, he, uh, what year he graduated. And we also have a famous supermodel from up here, uh, Maggie Reiser. If you ever heard of her, you know, you know, she's from right here in Watertown, New York. So huh. we okay. do have people that break out, and do things. Um, Blue Oyster Cult is from this area. You know, most okay. of the band. So. Uh, you get a chance to meet these people. I've had a chance to uh, meet Mel Gibson because his family's originally from Poughkeepsie and moved to Australia, but they still come to the Thousand Islands every year. And okay. uh, we had a real nice steakhouse here uh, called Benny's Steakhouse, and I was a waiter there about six or eight months while I was going back through nursing school. And he was there with all of his boys. You know, when I say his boys, his sons. So uh, right. you have an opportunity to meet people because this is a touristy area in the summertime. Uh, but we also have some big names here. But yeah, 21 okay. Jump Street and 22. I, I, personally, I couldn't dig them. But that's just because I was such a fan of the TV show. Right. No one even remembers that TV show, man. I do. Actually, yeah, I do. You <laughs> got, I I never, do. You got to let go of your love for the TV show and have it 
uh, ruin these movies. Movies are way better than the TV show was. All right, you know what? I'll give them a second chance for you, John Labaro. <laughs> but if they suck, you're going to make a list. Here. Okay. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, I do have one more movie I want to I want to ask you both and just get your opinion on because I actually didn't think of this movie until I watched it today as a team movie, but it's a very inspirational one and it has Sandra Bullock, uh, Tim McGraw, and it's oh, basing gosh. off of this kid that uh, basically is now in the NFL, The Blind Side. Never seen it. Have y'all ever seen that movie? That movie blows. You think it blows? Yes, I hate that movie. Okay, uh, yeah. I, I, that, that's one of the reasons why I want to know, because I hear a lot of people say, oh, that's awesome, and I hear a lot of people say that it sucks. Why, why, do you, why are you on that concept of it ain't worth shit? Well, I mean, it, it, to me, it's, it's basically like a Hallmark-type movie, or a yeah. Lifetime-type movie, you know? And those movies have their place, don't get me wrong, but Sandra Bullock doesn't deserve an Oscar for that movie. And if you talk to Michael Lewis, the guy who wrote the book that it's based on, the book, which I have, I, admittedly, I have not read that one. I've read a lot of his other books, so, like Moneyball and Liar's Poker. Apparently, the book is a lot more kind of factual and hard-hitting, and right. the movie is very a Disney-fied version of that story. I guess Michael, uh, what's his name? Or uh, Yes, kind of denounced it like none of this is even true so i just think it's a it's a weepy women female driven tearjerker type hallmark lifetime movie that got lucky and made a lot of money okay that's why i never watched it because that's what i got from the previews yeah. alone Got you, got you. Well, that's why that's why I was kind of curious because I mean uh, that is another me and my, that's one of my wife's favorite movies. Which uh, even though, he, like you said, yeah, he said none of that was even true. Yeah, the, the Blind Side movie. So I mean the the main that's why I was wanting to know your two's opinion. Uh, was it is it considered a teen movie or is it, was it more of a tearjerker? It's a tearjerker. I don't think it's very much. I don't think it's really a tear. A teen movie. Like I said earlier, whose movie, whose perspective is that movie focused on? And it's on Sandra Bullock's. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if a teen movie is more focused on the teens and what they're going through, not so much an inspirational movie, although teen movies can be inspirational, if you know what I mean. You know what's a really good teen uh, kind of football movie from the 80s was Lucas. Love you guys ever Lucas. seen Lucas? Notre Dame. Yeah. No, that's Rudy. Oh, that's Rudy. Rudy. Yes. Lucas. Lucas was the other guy. Team. Corey Haim, right? Corey Haim. Yeah, he's the nerdy kid in school, and he's trying to he's trying to impress Carrie Green, who went out, who was in the Goonies, the, Goonies. the redhead. Yep. Why was I thinking and, Rudy? God, and Lucas. Yeah. All, you know, football movies with a guy named Charlie the, Sheen. The poor the cool kid on the wrong side of the yeah. tracks can't do anything right. He's too tiny. Yeah, that movie is great. Love and it's Lucas. kind of sentimental. It's a little bit of a tearjerker, but it's sweet. I love, it's what, I love when they love movie. the icy hot on his balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's yeah. such a funny scene. It is funny because that is an emotional movie, you know. And but that's and that's a good one. That's that's where I'm a dick because bully scenes make me laugh. 
yeah. And I can't help it, because when he's sitting there in front of all those girls <laughs> in the water fountain <laughs> trying to cool off his sack, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and I, right. And, and, I, and I can't help it. Now, in the 80s, a guy like that would learn from that and go on and do great things like Lucas did. <laughs> he probably did. He probably started a software company like every other... You know, nerdy kid in the 80s went on to do. Absolutely. But even at the end of the film, they were all singing his praises, and he sure. wasn't blowing his brains out. Bullying was handled different then. But that's why I like those scenes from the 80s, because the, the the guy that was bullied always seemed to rise up. You know, and, uh, yeah. and, and, and Pretty in Pink, you know, uh, Molly Ringwald, she was the bully team, but she got the, the hottest guy there, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they always rised above. It, it was a different atmosphere of, okay, take it, beat them, and beat them at their own game kind of mentality. Right. And, and I think that was so important in 80s movies. And it's something that's really been lost. In, in, that's in, true. In film, because, I mean, even those two knuckleheads, Bill and Ted, I mean, how bad were they bullied because they were borderline retarded? And they come through and save the day, you know. I, mean, I know it was yeah. just a history report, you know, but they were given the tools to go ahead and give the most badass history report there was, and now they're the heroes of the school. Right. When you couldn't have that film today, because today it would be, it would end a different way. It would end tragically. And I, I wish we could go back to that fun, let's go and overcome this diversity. Let's overcome this oppression. I, I wish we'd get that back, back that spirit of the 80s. I miss that about 80s film. Um, do you mind if I insert a song here, since we're, one of my songs relates to this very topic? I absolutely do not. Okay. So one of the songs I picked is a song called One Foot in Front of the Other by a group called Bone Symphony. And this song plays a, plays a role in Revenge of the Nerds, which is probably, you know, it's the most nerds being bullied movie of all time. It's right there in the title. One of my favorite comedies. Me too. One of my favorite movies of all time. And there's that scene where they have to go find a place to live because the jocks burned down their burned down their uh, dorm and they're taking over the nerds dorm. And um, so the nerds go out and look for a place to live. They find this dumpy house. They turn it into their frat house and of course, there's a movie. There's a music montage, just like every other movie. Sure, it was the and 80s, the song, man. They existed. It was that's awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so everyone's fixing up the house, and the song that's playing in the background is this one: "One Foot in Front of the Other."
I remember we had come back from a tour of Germany. And it was obviously when this movie had been released, a video, because uh, I chose to stay with my grandparents on the farm uh, in Pamplin City, Virginia, which is uh, 10 miles uh, southwest of Appomattox Courthouse, where the Civil War ended. And uh, my papa asked me, let's go get some movies. Sure. <laughs> and I, I conned him somehow. It's a renting Revenge of the Nerds. Nice. And, and this poor old Southern gentleman, <laughs> because he uh, he he was strict, but he didn't dole out the discipline. That was always the grandmother or my dad. But he was so embarrassed. <laughs> what really? He was seeing. You know, he loved the driving 35 miles an hour down the road with the cruise control set. Mm -hmm. He loved the silly laughing. But, oh, boy, once boobs started flopping. What's <laughs> <laughs> yes. your old hair pie? <laughs> yes. Oh, my word. He was not impressed. And, he's, and it was so funny because he wouldn't be an ass to me. But he was like, um... Uh, um, uh, Nathan, because he had that deep North Carolina accent like the mountain man does, because that's where he's from, is Greensboro, North Carolina, even though they lived on a farm in Virginia after he retired from the Navy after 30 years. Uh, uh, Nathan? I, I, I don't think you should be watching this at all. <laughs> he, was, he was absolutely mortified, but he didn't have the heart to turn it off on me, because I, truth be told, I was his favorite. We watched it, he turns it off, and he looks at me and says, don't you ever tell your memo what you just saw, <laughs> and God help us, your daddy ever finds out. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's such that's a great, great story. Love you, Papa, I miss you. God, that was yeah. that was good times. 20, 29 years, 29, 30 years, Navy, World War II. Korea, Vietnam, submarine, sailor. God bless you. Good one. Ah, Revenge of the Nerds. What a good choice. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> that movie's got so many classic one-liners. Hey, do you know karate? Uh, uh no. Good. It puts a drop strap on his head. That's right. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's good God. stuff. Uh, why do you call you Booger? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Mountain Man, have you seen Revenge of the Nerds? I've seen all of them. Okay, good. Uh, the only good one was the first one. The second one was okay after that with the shit, but... Yeah. Yeah, that first one's classic. David Carradine and... Who's the guy? The other guy, Lewis. I don't remember his name. Uh, 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 no, not Lewis. Edwards. The other guy. Oh, Gilbert. Gilbert. Gilbert, yeah. Yeah. Played by Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, yeah, because I'm well-versed in the Carradine brothers because uh, they all did a film that I love in the Western genre, the Long Riders, talk about the James Gang. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, of course, David Carradine did, uh, you know, Kung Fu back in the day, stole it from Bruce yep. Lee. So, see, look, I, I, I know things about things, man. <laughs> That's, you're very intelligent. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time in front of the TV. <laughs> I, yeah, I uh, wouldn't call me intelligent, but I've watched a lot of shit. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of how I am.
Oh man, those are those are great songs. Great songs. Um, and, and I, I don't even know where to go from there because you you gave me songs from so many great films, and I one of them I had actually forgotten about. Um, and I I, I almost have to go back and look. Uh, to find out what that film was, even though I remember watching this movie, but for the life of me, I cannot remember this movie, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's about the, the, the greaser that died, mm. goes to heaven, yeah. and comes <laughs> back, and, and, and he's helping his other teen nerd guy. Yeah. It's the Heavenly Kid. Heavenly Kid, there it is. Yeah, not a great movie, but a but a sentimental, you know, it's a cute one if, for sentimentality if you grew up watching it when you were a kid. Sure. And sure. Um, that, there's a song on that soundtrack, too. It's uh, called Out on the Edge by a guy named John Fiore. And I've had John on my podcast. He started out in the late 70s, early 80s. He sang for this really great band called preview that didn't really have any hits, but um, sounded like a lot of that great music from that era. If you found, you could find it on Spotify or iTunes. It's really good stuff. He went on to sing jingles like um, soft and dry and uh, the, um, the army be all that you can be and all this kind of stuff. He sang these jingles. Well, he has this song. Oh, okay. Whoa. I, I remember that jingle. Yeah. Because I, I grew up in the army, and when you're living overseas, that's all you ever hear. Be all that you can't be mm-hmm. in the yeah. army. That's, that's that guy, huh? That's him. That's And badass. he sang this song. And get this. So he, um, when I interviewed him, he was telling me that his, because I, again, part of the part of the focus of the inter, of my podcast is, you know, how do you pay your bills? And apparently he married into a lot of money. And so I was. I haven't figured that out yet. (laughs) Right. So afterwards, I didn't want to press him on it too much while we were talking. But afterwards, I looked up who who his wife is. And his wife, his wife's daughter, I'm blanking on her last name, but was her his wife's daughter was named Brooke something. And talk about Charlie Sheen. She is one of Charlie Sheen's ex-wives. Oh, wow. So this guy, John Fiore, was for a time there, Charlie Sheen's uh, stepdad, whatever, step stepfather-in-law. Wow. And he's cool. the grandparent to Charlie Sheen's a couple kids. So anyway, that's the, that's the John Fiore little tr- bit of trivia. But I really like crazy. this song, Out on the Edge. It's a good one. That's crazy. Let's play that right now. Out of the edge. From heaven to some place that ain't in a dream. From heaven where no mortal man's ever been. And you may never see my face again. With the eyes of a fool and a heart full of fire. I'm climbing a mountain that keeps getting high. I'm playing a game where no one's
good stuff. I, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> like, like I said, I, I, I don't remember to film that well, although I, mm-hmm. I know I saw it. You know, I know I did. I, I remember the guy in the greaser jacket, leather coat. Yeah. You know, I, I know I remember it. But, you know, when you talk about uh, an 80s film that's not very good, but it has a special place <laughs> in your heart. Yeah. How could we not talk about the ridiculousness that the, the ridiculousness that was John Cusack's Better Off Dead? Oh, but that movie is great. <laughs> you can't tell is me it, that's a bad is movie. it great? <laughs> yes, because I thought it was just me. <laughs> no, that movie is the best. I love the I want my two dollars, kid. I love the French foreign exchange student when she's spouting off at him saying he just wants to rub his testicles all over me. <laughs> oh, it is so good. That's a great film. This guy's yes. life sucks. And you know what the worst part of this movie is for me personally? Is that my favorite part is the cheesy claymation musical section. Well, that's what makes that movie special. There weren't a lot of movies like that. Oh my God, I, I, I'm so glad. And then the other part of that film I like is it's it would be called racist by today's standards, but he tries to jump off the bridge to kill himself, lands That's in a garbage right. truck, <laughs> and you got those two African American guys working on a telephone pole or a bridge or something, and you got the guy that says, "Well, looky there, somebody done thrown away a perfectly good white boy." <laughs> That's right. Great line. <laughs> that stuff could not happen in today's cinema at all. Any no. more than a show like All of the Family could happen. But that was brilliant. It was, it was, was it racist? Yes. And it was reverse racist if there's such a thing. But it worked because it was funny. Yeah. People had a sense of humor. <laughs> It's like we've lost our sense of humor. I'm so glad, John, you like Better Off Dead. I was. I love it. I was. I was nervous you wouldn't like that film, Mountain oh. Man. Better Off Dead. Have you seen that one? I have. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, practically the same thing. Uh, that's one thing I do miss, and that's one thing we always keep talking about is freaking racism and shit like that. No one has a sense of humor anymore, so that alone with that film makes it iconic. <laughs> yeah, let me. I'll give you some. Uh, you want some more trivia about that movie? Oh, I would love it because I'm a I'm okay. a huge fan of that movie. Okay, that movie was directed by a guy named Savage Steve Holland. He also directed One Crazy Summer, which is a similar movie. Has those animated parts in the middle of it. Wow, also I've never stars, seen that one. Although I've heard. Oh, that's it. a great one. Yeah, that that one's good too. John Cusack's in that one. <laughs> Demi Moore. Well, uh, one of the things that put Savage Steve Holland on the map is he created the whammies that were on Pressure Luck. Do you remember really? that? Do you remember that? Uh, that the game that, show. The game show, yeah. yeah. When someone would get a whammy, this little animated whammy guy would come out on the screen and take their money away. Yeah, it looked like Savage, a little gopher or something weird like that. Right. Savage Steve Holland drew those animated those that's what kind of got him started and then he went on to make those movies wow yeah a little bit of trivia for you nice nice hey uh mountain man we got somebody on a lot smarter than us i just know the film 
Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sitting here going, holy crap, because I'm, <laughs> I'm learning shit that I ain't never <laughs> learned from you. There's something wrong here. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not blowing it. I think no, that's no, no. fun. You know what I mean? No, I it's dude. interesting to learn that kind of it, it is. Those little facts and everything is actually awesome, especially for someone that plays to be a stupid redneck. Trust me, it is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. He, he said plays. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're good, John. Uh, and I love these little facts. Um, and that's why the caliber of guests that I've asked to come on are the caliber of guests that I've asked to come on. I mean, um, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this real quick. Just get off topic just for a second. And I can edit it out if, uh, uh, if, if you want me to later, the Rockapod Expo, you were trying to do a review, uh, uh Ralph and Ian come on. And I was actually, oh, part right. of the, yeah, I was actually part of that bit. You release your explanation of, or, or your experience at Rock and Pod. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I heard nothing negative here at all. Now, yeah. some Rock and Pod fans started attacking because they're an aggressive bunch. Yeah. But I heard nothing negative there at all. For you, you said it, it, it killed my buzz. It was loud. It was bombastic. I was trying to do this, and it just kind of stifled my thing. I, I didn't think there was, and I was actually part of that, because if you heard that guy say it, hey, 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 what up, bangers, that was me. <laughs> I would yeah. be just as loud and bombastic. But that's what you do with those guys. I, I didn't think you did anything wrong, or you said anything wrong. I didn't either. That was a really, um, that was a really unfortunate experience, those whole, that whole couple of days after I got back. So I thought, I just got home, and I, on the plane ride back, I jotted down all my notes from um, from the experience, which, I, if it wasn't clear, I had such a great time. No, I knew was, going... Look, look, let me, let, me, let me go on the record, just in case you don't tell me I have to delete this out. I'm going to no. go on the record of saying, you made it very clear that you enjoyed the whole experience. You made it very clear that all these other... Big podcast, quote unquote, big podcast were there. You didn't know why you were there, but you wanted to do it your way. And I respected that. You know, you paid your way. You didn't accept the donations and stuff. Because I actually, I actually donated to get my guys on there because Ralph and Ian Mm -hmm. are the podcast that got me listening to podcasts, you know, so I donated Mm -hmm. to get them there. You know, nothing you said I thought was derogatory. So don't think for half a second that you have to make anything Good. clear. It is very clear that okay. you enjoyed yourself. You were appreciative. And you, you overall, you had a good time. You don't have to make that clear at all, sir. Good. Okay. So I had a great time. And I thought I expressed that uh, honestly. And was I just was reporting back how I thought it went, what I heard from some of the people, good and bad. And uh, shortly after I posted my my review or whatever, my retro on it. Sure. And this is, I love Chris Sinzak, but I, he's, so I, apparently this guy, Ralph, who, um, I don't know who Ralph is. I, he has something to do with something called ear peeler, which I don't know what that is either. And if Ralph's listening, I'm sorry, Ralph, that I'm not more familiar with who you are. Anyway, this guy, Ralph, heard my post. And apparently had a problem with a lot of the things that I said on there. And he told Chris Sinzak about it. 
And Chris Sinzak messaged me on Facebook and said something to the effect of, thanks a lot for stabbing me in the back. Wow. And Yeah, and I immediately called Chris and was like, give me some context because I don't know what you're talking about. And he admitted that he hadn't actually listened to what I said, but this Ralph guy, I think it's Ralph, is that his name? Well, Maybe my... Are we talking about Ralph Vieira? No, we're not. I'm realizing that. We're talking about somebody else. Who are okay. we talking about? What's the guy's name? And, and that's what I want to be clear on because... Yes, I'm getting this wrong. What was his name? Ralph... Uh, it's, it's a Hispanic name or something. Um, shoot, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm <laughs> you, totally you, blowing You're not helping out because Ralph Vieira is Cuban. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, sorry, Ralph. This had nothing to do with you. He's so, not talking about yes. Dr. Fuck. That's what he's trying to say no, right that's now. that's not it. I'm sorry. I got that backwards. Anyway, whoever this guy is called Chris and said, John said these derogatory things about the retro or about the expo, and Chris called me without having heard it. Gotcha. I panicked because I like Chris a lot. I have a lot of respect for him, and I was really honored that he encouraged me to go. And so I thought, well, I'll just delete it then. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. I've had a little bit to drink. Sounds like it was fine. I was like, nope. If, if there's even a hint that you or the possibility that you could take offense to anything I said, I, that would break my heart. And so I immediately deleted it. Right. I recorded another one that was even that I tried to be a little bit more, I don't know, positive. Not that I was negative at all. Yeah, you and, were you were never never negative, and I'm a fan of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, and I'm here to tell okay. you you were never negative. No, I mean, and I don't I don't know them at all. I wasn't familiar with it. My only beef was that when I got when me and the people who were on the songwriting panel were coming off the stage, we were trying to say goodbye and like exchange you know pleasantries and pictures, and when those guys got up and they were so loud, we didn't we were trying to find a place to like. Oh, this is, we got to get out of here. Can we move to a quieter yeah, spot? Yeah, and and that's that's all it was. Yeah, and that's just that's just those guys. That's just right how they are. Was not and, a, not, it was not a knock on them. I was not telling them that they sucked or anything. No, and At I and moment, I got that. That it, it, and it's right. actually funny because uh, I stayed out of that debate because I'm I'm, I'm here to tell you, Rock and Metal Combat podcast fans. They're fickle and will turn on you on a dime. And they might turn on me now, which is fine. I give less than two shits. But the fact of the matter is, they're very loud and quick to attack. And, and I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of the way Ian and Ralph are. And the funny thing is, those two guys are not like that in person. You know, that's... Oh, really? That's their shtick. You know okay. what I mean? They're not yeah. like that in person. I mean... You, I, I don't know if you listened to the episode that me and Mountain Man did with Ralph last week, uh, Dr. Fuck, last week. I did. We were, I listened to that. We were, we were talking about things that work metal. Yeah. You know? And he can still yeah, get opinionated, that. but he's not bombastic. We got Ralph into this really cool place where he was just talking passionately. He wasn't being that arrogant, I'm that Dr. Fuck guy. And that's, that's what he was doing down there in Nashville. And that's the stuff that the Rock and Metal Combat uh, uh, fans enjoy. So I completely understood when I when I heard yours. Uh, yeah. The, the the first one, I was like, "There's there's nothing negative here." The Good. guy said it was a buzzkill for him. It probably fucking yeah. was. <laughs> well, and even just that moment, and he, I wish I could remember this guy's name. I should have known. He like ruined my 
life there for a couple of days. I should. I can't remember his name, but anyway, yeah. he. I, uh, you know what? I I wouldn't sweat it. I wouldn't sweat it. Well, he it. way overreacted. And, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, by say the your end, part. And yeah, and I so I deleted the episode because he had a problem with it. But and then all these people like this was the one thing Ian and Ralph. Of course, they didn't know me or know what I said. They were just going by what that ear peeler guy said. Sure. So they were sort of like trash talking me on Facebook as well. Um, but eventually the tide kind of turned back on my side and I think I ended up kind of coming out okay on all that. I don't think anyone stayed mad at me. They had no reason to. And no, I anyway, think, so yeah, it was I, a lot of drama for no reason. Yeah. It, it, and it was, and I think you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you had a chance to get it out. Cause I don't think you, uh, out of any of the episodes I've heard you do, I don't think you've had a chance to let that loose. No, no, and um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Thanks for letting me explain it, because I, it was my heart was so in the right place. It really, it really broke my heart that this was de- viewed even momentarily as a negative experience, because I was so honored to be there, and I was really upset that this guy ruined the experience for me a little bit there for a while. But you know, you know it's what I have to say now. about that is. Somebody was still drinking in the hotel room, and they didn't like it because you bashed their favorite podcast in their eyes. Well, whatever. You know, and I don't think it went down like that at all. And uh, I'm here to tell you, I'm a rock and metal combat fan. I'm also a decibel geek fan, and I turned into a hustle fan. I'm not going to lie. I'm not just trying to stroke your dick. I have turned into a fan. You know, (laughs) thanks, Um, man. You know, so you know we can listen to everything. People have different yeah. opinions and different views. I had a an opinions point. like an asshole. Everybody's got one. True That's story. That's for sure. I had a three-hour conversation uh, with Ken Mills two days ago that I actually had to send him because he wants to come on the show and oh, he wants good. to talk about something that's very polarizing and I don't know how to handle it. And I forgot mm. that my recorder starts recording right away and I found it on my screen. I was like. Ken, listen to this. I think we hit some good points, and we got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because he wants to talk about some very polarizing things. And uh, the nice thing was, when he got a hold of me, I was hammered. For those of you, when are you not count, hammered? Well, when I'm everything work, start when I'm at work, man. You being hammered. People, oh. people get a hold of me okay. when I'm not at work. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, when I'm working, it's all business. I, but I will admit I drink a lot. Yeah. Okay. Asshole. Um, <laughs> well. I didn't have to point it out for once. <laughs> Shut up! I'm off today, man. I, I have an interview at two thirty tomorrow. I'm okay. All right, John has got to get out of here. I mean, he's got a life. We all got a life. We've had a great time talking about all these killer 80s movies i don't know how much we described how much they influenced our lives but i think there was a lot of good conversation in there um john yes last song last song before i do that one last plug for the hustle anyone who's listening who please do hear long form interviews with people you probably liked at one point and may have forgotten about you can search for the hustle on itunes or podbean and um, I always tell people, if there's an artist that you love that you haven't heard from for a while, 
drop me a line and I'll see if I can find them and we'll see if we can get them on the show. Um, now, the last song I want to play is from my the movie I mentioned at the very beginning, Real Genius. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Val Kilmer, great. I love the popcorn yes. scene. Yes. It's up there. You know, the 80s, like I said, were a time for these nerdy movies. That, yes. And they all had to deal with, like, science and technology. Like this one, Revenge of the Nerds, My Science Project, Short Circuit. There were a lot of these kind of... Sure. Technology was booming then in the 80s. Yes. Silicon Valley war was games. exploding. Oh, War yes. Games. Matthew Broderick, brilliant. Great movie, War Games. So there's a there's an excellent track from the Real Genius soundtrack, which there I, I should rephrase that there was never actually an official Real Genius soundtrack. There are just songs who are that were appeared in the movie. One oh, of they them never was, released a soundtrack from that. No, there's not an official soundtrack to the to Real Genius. Val Kilmer couldn't but, draw it then until he was the Iceman at Top Gun. What the hell? I guess I don't know, <laughs> but it's too bad because there's a great track on there called I'm Falling by a band called the Comsat Angels. And the Comsat Angels were actually a... Uh, they were never well-known, but they were a very respected post-punk band, kind of more along the lines of like a Joy Division or something like that. Nice. But this song, I'm Falling, doesn't sound anything like that. It's got... It's more, you know, got more synthesizer going on. Um, but it's such a good song, such a great movie, one of my all-time favorites, so I want to close it out with that. All right, here you go. The Comsat Angels, I'm falling.
All right, you know, John's got to get out of here. He has a family, he has things to do. So we're just going to hit it real quick. John, do you have any final thoughts, sir? I don't, other than thank you for letting me do this. And thank you for, I was a little nervous that we were going to get into arguments about politics or drinking or whatever, some crazy stuff, because I've heard your other episodes. I hope I didn't bring it down too much, but I'm, I'm, Grateful that we just got to talk about music and good times. Hey, sir, when I have somebody on, I'm not trying to argue with them. I'm trying to interact with them, and there's no way I would ever do that. Don't ever be afraid, and we hope you come back. Yeah. Well, now that I've done it, I like it. We'll do it again sometime. You can pick the topic, and we'll we'll talk about something else. Absolutely. I'll do that. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. We'll see you later, brother. You be good. Thanks for coming on. See you. Thank you. Thank you, Mountain Man. We'll talk to you guys later. For sure. I appreciate it. Mountain Man, final thoughts? Final thoughts? No. Uh, no final thoughts. Holy, whoa. It's for Slow down. John promoted his show, which we expect him to do. Right. Mountain Man, anything to promote? I was just trying to get John off. He, he had to go, so I wanted to make sure oh, he was good course. to go. Um, still same thing I've been uh, screeching about for nearly a month. Go out and donate, help Puerto Rico, help Texas, help the Gulf now because they've been hit. And still look down towards Florida, look to help any of them out, go to uh, whitehouse.gov, look for some places to donate or go uh, volunteer yourself, help these people out. All right, well, you know what? I'm going to promote a fucking album and I'm going to promote... The greatest live record of all time, 1975, Kiss Alive. I'm actually holding in my hand, and I'm actually going to bring my camera up just to let the mountain man drool. This is the first pressing of Kiss Alive. Now, if Kiss's debut album changed my life, then Kiss Alive rocked my world. And poor Mountain Man, my camera's not pulling up, he can't see it. Still has the original inserts. I've only played it once. Barely any ring, to, uh, ring wear on the, uh, on, on the jacket. Kiss Alive is my thing to promote. Mountain well, Man. fantastic. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Made, made brilliant. me a metal fan. For sure. Well, we're going to go a little backwards, brother. Final thoughts. Oh, oh, no, you can't do that. Yes, I'm doing it. Uh, Fucker by vinyl. That's right, everybody. And uh, always remember to stay sick. Take care of one another. Skitter pow, meow, meow. Mount man out. We'll see you next week. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon I know. What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. 
See you next week. 